0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Me Finish with myself, Thomas Zekio, where each time I'm joined by a very special guest to chat about a topic that we get so passionate about that there's no choice but to let us finish. The idea of this podcast is to document some of the interesting, inspiring and funny conversations I've had with people I've met so that I can share them with you. I hope you have as much fun listening to this as I did recording it. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let Me Finish. I've got my good friend here, Dre, who uh, has a master's in applied psychology. And together, we've had quite a lot of interesting conversations about kind of misinformation and fake news. I suppose if you want to uh, put it in that umbrella as well, and just thought it'd be fun to sit down and record and um, share some of our thoughts with you. So, Dre, welcome to the podcast
1: hello i'm very happy to be here and talk for hours
0: and hours and hours Talk, yeah but not for everybody like we're gonna play this back like hours and hours and hours and then like you only get like 30 minutes of it on the but yeah no so i think perhaps maybe uh, i'll put on to you and just uh, can you give us a bit of background about yourself um and kind of your interest in this topic
1: yeah sure so um i did my bachelor's in psychology and my master's in applied social psychology um and initially i was i mean i still am interested in social media research and how that impacts our well-being and whether we can predict certain behaviors from how we use social media but uh, ever since the sort of the pandemic the pandemic happened <laughs> <laughs> um i became really interested in misinformation because i was hearing the whole like 5g conspiracy the every other conspiracy the chipping conspiracy with the the vaccines and um yeah i pretty much just got really hooked on that and it was annoying me so i decided i wanted to see how (laughs) psychology can play a role in uh, stopping that and also just in general why and how people even you know get so hooked on misinformation so here i am today
0: (laughs) (laughs) with all your receipts
1: with all my receipts and i'm just ready to spill the tea (laughs)
0: Uh, not leaving any start and turn today, but um, yeah, I thought we that, that's, that's super interesting. And I think, yeah, absolutely very topical in terms of the, the, the whole panorama going on at the moment and the, a lot of, it's just like a breeding ground for misinformation really. I think there's a lot of, a lot of articles being shared, a lot of research being done. I think definitely something that people don't know too much about. So there are lots of different ways that people can interpret information and data and so on. So yeah, cool. I think that'd be cool to delve a bit deeper. So, I mean, just to cover off the the, the basis from the beginning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think it'd be quite interesting to just de- uh, use some definitions, just to make sure that like we're on the same page and also <laughs> that the people listening are on the same page as well. So um, I suppose, what would you say your definition of misinformation is?
1: So misinformation is um, slightly different to disinformation. Those are like the main two um, sort of definitions. So misinformation would be to spread false information, but without maybe realising it. So you're not deliberately trying to spread the wrong information. You're just spreading something that you believe in that happens to be false. Um, Whereas disinformation would be to deliberately spread it. And so I suppose in a way you could say that a, a lot of misinformation stems from disinformation because someone someone had to start someone had to start it so, yeah um I mean this maybe we're going in a bit too hard now, but david Ike he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a perfect
0: off the bat everyone's getting dragged today
1: <laughs> we're dra- he's first um
0: yeah everyone um, line up
1: I mean you know the reptilian theory um he. I personally, again, this is a bit of a subjective opinion, but I just don't think that anyone really truly believes that the world's leaders are reptiles. Um, Not anyone, but mainly him. Yet he's the one who spread this, this, um, what I would call disinformation from his end. And then perhaps a bunch of other people spread um, the misinformation that stemmed from his ideas and conspiracy.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. If, kind of going off the bat of, yeah, disinformation and um, <laughs> misinformation, I think there's, I suppose, on the more crude side, there are certain people, particularly if, if you're kind of reviewing someone's kind of um, take on uh, an event, uh sometimes what it kind of boils down to, and I, I've seen a lot of people, uh, kind of political commentators ma- uh, make this comment or even people just in kind of day to day is that like, I mean, it's, it's quite blunt, but like you're either stupid or, um, uh, lying. Like there's no kind yeah. of in between, like you, you either, you either know that tr- what you're saying is wrong yeah. and therefore, uh, but you're lying anyway, or you're just kind of too stupid to, um, yeah. to understand it. I think yeah. it's that's really kind of just stemming off your point of um, it has to start with disinformation and then turns into misinformation because at some point someone's going to look at something and go, this is clearly wrong, but I'm still going to put it out. And then, then it catches like wildfire and which reminds me of a quote from Winston Churchill that says a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth puts its boots on. And, I think that's really relevant for this day and age because there's a lot of, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of information that like may seem true or just like a little bit kind of uh, sensational or a bit uh, extreme, and then that. That that's really the information that catches the most um, attention and most people kind of engage with that. But then normally like you, you can say if it happens on Twitter, for instance, or like just an article and then there's a comment section. Like in the comment section, someone will be like, oh, actually this is this is incorrect because of X, Y, Z. But but it's like it doesn't get as much kind of engagement as the, the actual article.
1: Yeah, because I mean, sometimes it's just not that deep, you know, um, <laughs> and I just think... <laughs> Um, people love the drama people love the extremes um and when there is isn't an extreme then it's just not interesting and it doesn't sell and you can't really talk too much about it because there's not that much to talk about so um it definitely plays in line with you know like marketing and media and things like that um where it's sometimes i mean there was one article where um was it oh yeah so after there was a group of i think rabbis that got the vaccine the covid vaccine and mm-hmm. um they caught covid i think like two days after they they got a test and they came back positive and i think it was sky news they released an article that was like you know headline was shocking like rabbis get um covid vaccine and they got covid but mm-hmm realistically that's something that can it can happen because it do, you don't immediately get those antibodies after the vaccine it takes like two to three weeks for you to develop them so if you get the vaccine and then you go and mix with other people and it's within that two-week gap you can get covid um but that's something that that isn't shocking it's not unique but it was turned into a whole headline and a whole article so the fact that it it was even news made it seem more shocking so i think it's just about like yeah th- there's that um kind of like what i said you know it, it, realistically it's not that deep like it, it's not if if you knew how it worked the vaccine that you, yeah. you don't immediately become like the superhuman the minute that that needle goes <laughs>
0: yeah as soon, as soon as it goes in it's like yeah superhero so yeah. movie like oh like yeah, no that's vaccine can. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just it doesn't work like that but you know when you when um when when there even is a media article out there for it, it makes it seem like it's unusual, but it's not. So um, when I say you know it's not that deep, that whole article is not deep. Like what happened, <laughs> not shocking. Um, yeah, but it was made to seem like it was just because an article was released about it. So, so
0: yeah, yeah I think that's that's quite interesting because it's very kind of clickbaity. And yeah. it's yeah. like I haven't seen the article myself. But I remember you told me about this the other day, but
1: yeah.
0: it, sometimes I would kind of assume that uh, if you read the article itself, it probably explain it itself
1: yeah. at least and it, kind of go yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, at least explain it like and just go, um actually guys, yeah so um, now that you're here because we we kind of hooked you in, it's not actually yeah. like that big of a deal but yeah. uh, basically what happened was like let me explain it's like perfectly normal but and I think also I mean the vaccine doesn't you can still get it you're just not as yeah you just don't get ill I think that's another thing to for people to understand but that um (laughs) that reminds me of an article I saw someone on my Instagram share a couple of weeks ago where they I think it was from Business Insider and uh, that this, this person essentially uh, sh- shared the headline of this article that said yeah. cases of uh, just a common cold or not a common cold like the flu have yeah. kind of reduced by 95% yeah and Share that um, headline, but like with the kind of caption of, "Oh, guys, there's clearly something else going on. Like the numbers don't <laughs> add up. <laughs> make it make sense, kind <laughs> of thing."
1: <laughs>
0: right. And so, I like the thing is, it was just a screenshot of the he- like of the article. So like you can't actually um, go into any um, any further. So if if you don't have the time, or if you're not as kind of petty as I am, then you're not gonna like you're gonna you're not gonna go and like look for the the, the article and be like, actually, let me see what this says. So, um, so I went and found the, like found the article and like on the screenshot, he'd shown like the first kind of two bullet points going, Oh, there's been like a massive reduction in, um, uh, in flu cases, um, yada, yada. And then literally the third bullet point, like in the summary, which like had been cut off from the screenshot that he shared on, um, Instagram was the scientists believe this is pr- uh, because of like social distancing measures and increases in like, um, hygiene kind of thing. And you're like, well. There's your answer. It's it's right there. It's explained. Like, and I mean, like, like incre- uh, people are yeah, socially distancing when yeah, obviously, not mixing households, not going to the offices or anything, not taking public transports frequently. People are um, more kind of conscious of their um, uh, their hygiene, so they're cleaning their hands, they're washing their hands a lot more, wearing masks, like all of these things massively reduce the cases. But like that doesn't doesn't explain the reason that kind of mainly explains the reason, like, I don't, I don't, the percentage wise, I don't know, like at at what point it becomes like, oh, this is shocking. But I was like, this is such a like classic example of like, just within the first sentence of the article that covers that.
1: But this is, this is the thing as well. What you're saying is that people, people want to, um, there's a there's a book by um, his name is Chaldini. It's a I think it's called Persuasion and Influence, something like that. Robert Chaldini.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was what I I read that book like just before I started uni, oh,
1: studying yeah. psychology. Well, we were, yeah, we had a lot of um, a lot of what was in that book. We were taught um, at university when we had our um, propaganda and persuasion um, lecture. Um, yeah, the
0: art of influence and persuasion by Robert Robert Caldini is, is that? I don't know how. Yeah, it. I don't know how to pronounce this. I probably should. There was a follow-up book on there as well, but yeah. Anyway, go on.
1: Okay. I I didn't read that one, but now now I will. Thanks for letting me know. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, people uh, like to be able to think that they know everything just by reading a really short, simple piece of information. So. Uh, a lot of people might even, you know, just read the headline and think that they know everything that's in that article. Um, and unfortunately, I think the, the problem with, uh, I suppose, science in general is that um, because we write academic articles, then they are only really accessible to other professionals in the field, whereas that is really realistically the only reliable, the, the most reliable information that you can get. So, um I think just what's necessary, I mean, again, this is like a whole system issue of like when you write a headline, you want people to be shocked, um, but you also want it to have a little bit of relevance to the article, at least. It's just that it's so easy to take it out of context so that people interpret it completely wrongly. So like the person that um, that you saw that put that that screenshot up, I mean, the screenshot itself is so misleading um, and the answer was in the article. So again, it's not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> But like that's uh, the other thing that we learned at, at uni, which is um, so kind of scary in a way, is that Hitler was actually really good at um, kind of he he knew exactly what needed to be done in what way and how to say it in order to persuade people and. He made a few, I think there were maybe like five bullet points. I can't remember all five, but one of them was to have simple language and to make it short so that it is, and to make it memorable. So, for example, Trump's make America great again. That would have been a really, really effective method um, because it's constantly repeated. Um, It's short, it's quick, it makes sense. It has the word America in it. Um, So the whole thing is really effective. But, um, yeah, like you said, it's just one of those things where, um i don't know it it's the issue i think is that a lot of things are misleading at the moment um and even people who are supposed to report the news obviously they want views and so maybe they put let's let's say they put their dignity to the side a little bit <laughs> their morals to the side a little bit so that they can um so that they can sell, and so essentially, what you, what they, even though they might write the whole sort of truth in the article, um, unfortunately, they'll take out a bit from it, quote it in a way that's sort of misleading and out of context, and make it a headline. But if if a, a massive chunk of people only read the headline, then what they think is the truth is actually not.
0: And yeah, I think that's a really really key thing to address, which. I want to I, I will come up to you in a second because obviously we're talking about like the clickbaity stuff. But yeah, I think yeah. before we get there, I, I think it'd be interesting to just kind of cover, obviously, because we both have a background in psychology and um, in um, working market research. And I think in a way, there's probably like an interesting angle that we can uh, like apply to this as well, because um, in terms of our how, how we understand um, how d- data works. And I think uh, kind of similar to what you said with the like how uh not just how data works but how like uh reading the robert um, caldini books and mm-hmm. understanding like the the tips and tricks of influence and persuasion and uh what did you say it was inoculation theory uh yep. applying an element that can do you want to just explain that a bit and then that kind of like set up the the re- where we go from here um
1: yes yeah, so inoculation is a very similar concept to that of a vaccine where you're, where the the idea is that you expose someone to common persuasive techniques so that you can use these skills or what you've learned to then try to be a bit more aware and maybe not believe misinformation or at least you know, persuasive techniques um, as easily as maybe you used to uh, or, or um, as you might have done in the future. Um, so with the vaccine, obviously, you get sort of injected with um, whether it's a, an inactive form of the virus or however else it works with um with this covid vaccine but the idea is that you're sort of prepared for if you are exposed to it you're prepared so that your body can sort of fight it off without you maybe needing to go to hospital even even having symptoms to begin with um so essentially what it does is i'm i'm gonna directly quote my friend muz um muz's um uh, research so he um, highlighted some common misinformation techniques that were also sort of, sort of persuasive techniques um there are others but these are sort of the the big ones so there's making hasty generalizations and this is sort of jumping to conclusions based on minimal evidence so you know say you've had maybe like one experience or something with someone and um you i don't know it, it would be you could apply it to something like um let let's do like islamophobia you've had i don't know maybe you you've heard something bad online um or Someone who was an Islamic terrorist or claims that they're an Islamic terrorist um, does something really awful. And then we just assume that all Muslims must be terrorists or all Muslims must be bad. So it's making that really sort of massive generalisation based on evidence that's that's so small. Um, that is is rare and maybe you even haven't had an experience with it again it can also work if you have had an experience with it but you've just decided to generalize it to a wider population um so the next one would be polarization so polarization is basically when um certain groups become what is known as sort of polarized but maybe divided um in terms of sort of based on their belief system so for example um perfect one is like football fans i mean <laughs> that's like mm-hmm. a standard one i mean you see it on the tube yeah. how they were like they, they if they're coming back from a match or something like you know they try to steer away from each other as much as possible some of yeah. them might even fight um And, you know, similar concept goes for politics, especially in America. You know, you've got the Democrats versus Republicans sort of thing where um, they're just there's so much polarization in one group, which so the group that you belong to would be called your in-group and the group that I suppose threatens your identity or might have opposing beliefs to you is considered your out-group. And um, if you then sort of trash the other side, Or if you're surrounded by people who are pushing your own views and beliefs, you become polarized to your side. So essentially you you become more and more skewed to your view. Um, to your sort of side of beliefs um, and that way you might show hostility towards your outgroup, or you might feel threatened by them because they might have very different views to you and you know we can apply this to a setting like um you know religion you know people who are religious versus people who don't believe in in god or any kind of higher power um naturally you know there's going to be a bit of conflict there it depends on how sort of strong your beliefs are it depends on how big of a part of your life it is but you know um it's just something that's um that that causes massive divide um and also is a really good persuasive technique because if you polarize someone their beliefs become stronger and therefore you're more likely to oppose the others the other side so you've got, you know, you end up potentially being part of the far left or the far right for talking politics. Um, and then the last one that um, was in this particular report that was um, that my friend published um, is in, invoking emotion. So, um, I mean, we kind of basically just spoke about this, about, you know, um, headlines are really, you know, use shock tactics and something might be sort of really almost maybe traumatizing to read or might might make you upset, might make you angry. And that's kind of the whole point. Um, and a really good one <laughs> um, would be, you know, when you get scam emails, for example, and you get told like, Urgent action needed, you know, your I don't your PayPal has been compromised and they're going to take 500 pounds off if you don't do something. And without thinking, you're just like, you know, I need to I need to click on this link or whatever. And, you know, it invoked an emotion in you. So you you didn't you don't feel like you have time to stop um, to think about what's going on. Um, and so you end up finding yourself in a, in a crappy situation where you, maybe you do end up losing 500 pounds, <laughs> but in a, <laughs> but by clicking on the link.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't actually lose it before, but now that you've done
1: it, you've been, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's different, there's different, um, other sort of, um, persuasive techniques but these are the ones that this particular report um just discussed and um essentially by telling someone that these are the the different sort of um uh, how do I put it techniques uh, that exist um then when you are then shown um I don't know uh a video or something that is trying to persuade you whether it's you know radicalization um towards not necessarily you know islam um like islamic terrorism sort of radicalization just any kind of radicalization <laughs> yeah. um, it's it you might be less likely to to find that information reliable or you might be less likely to share it you might be more likely to go out and actually look for to see whether what you're what you're reading is true you know look at different points of view and things like that so It's a really, it's a good method, but um, the only sort of issue, the limitation with that method is that um, in terms of its long-term effects, that's a bit of a question mark. Um, So it might be more short-term in terms of how good it is at tackling um, believing misinformation or anything that's sort of there to persuade you. Um, So I I think that that area sort of, its long-term effects need a little bit more research, but I mean, it's definitely a good place to start.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, 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 sorry. You, you probably saw me moving around a bit um, there. It's cause I said I should like start taking notes and kind of, I, I didn't find going, okay, cool. I want to come back to that bit. And like, yeah, so I don't forget. So no, I think that there's definitely a, like a, a lot to unpack on there. And I, I feel the example of like the in-group out-group stuff is very, very topical and very you, you can see lots and lots of different examples of those right now i mean for instance like you mentioned the, uh, the the yeah the football teams i think to an extent is kind of like yeah you've got your little tribes but within yeah. within perhaps in, in more often than not a safer environment doesn't have significant wider implications i suppose if you unless you're kind of talking like quite extremes like we're not going to get into like delve into the socioeconomic backgrounds of um kind of football and so yeah, and then I think it it says a lot in terms of like the the media that you consume and like what side that that is coming from. So yeah, on a more simple like, like side, if you're reading a match report from like uh, two rival teams obviously they're going to say slightly different things one team yeah. is going to be like oh we absolutely battered them and then the other team is going to be like uh oh, the, the score didn't reflect the actual game we just hadn't made a couple of mistakes kind of thing so i think that's that's one way to i think yeah definitely a key thing to consider is like wh- who is writing this information so like again when you cut when you start looking at things such as uh Newspaper articles, you have to think, okay, who, who is this audience and who are they writing for? So, for instance, like uh, The Telegraph versus The Guardian, um or like The Daily Mail versus
1: the any Source. <laughs> yeah,
0: literally anything yeah. that is <laughs> like literally anything, like you're like a fucking group chat with your aunts, like anything referenceable, like like, um, that's that's credible. Chamber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I think it's quite interesting because yeah, you, you do get your, like, um, so as a result, you get your echo chambers and all of that. But, um, I think, kind of get onto that in a second?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause one thing I just wanted to, yeah, I think the inoculation theory is, I think it's really interesting. And I feel that, especially when you study psychology, particularly social psychology as well, When you start, when you when you're informed of the like the tricks, I say tricks, or like the tactics that they tried to um, uh, apply, then obviously you're more likely to to be able to spot them and defend yourself from them, or not become a victim to them. In in order in order to get people on your side, you don't want to guilt them onto your side. You want to kind of oh, like, in a way, make a, make them get to that decision by themselves and give them the information and be like, come on, yeah. like yeah. surely um, well, based on that.
1: You're, you're just as bad if you're trying to push an agenda on someone, even if it's, even if it's maybe you're trying to do it you know, in a good way. The point is that people make a conclusion based on the right information. Um, <clears throat> And people aren't going to trust you if you're trying to deliberately change someone's belief. What you want to do is you just want to give them the other end of the argument in a nice way, (laughs) so that Mm -hmm. they can be on board with it, so that they don't feel judged. Because you know, we talk about you know we need to have uncomfortable conversations, whether it's about race or whether it's about you know gender or LGBTQ plus issues, whatever. We, We talk about we need to have those uncomfortable conversations, but then also you're so judgmental when people do ask certain questions. Um, mm. And the only way someone, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to be offensive. They just maybe don't understand what they don't know. And so they might ask a question that seems a bit bizarre or a bit weird or what we wouldn't consider, say, politically correct. But if they want mm-hmm. to find out and if they're clearly not doing it to be rude um, or yeah. unkind, then, then open that conversation and just explain or maybe just say, you know, what you said isn't politically correct, or we don't say it like that, or we explain it in a way, then that person is going to want to have that conversation again. They won't be scared to to say something that they don't know whether it's right or wrong to say. But if they want to explore it, then when you go all sort of guns blazing, they're going to be scared to say anything again because no one wants to be perceived as a bad person when they just want to find out something about something that they don't know much about to begin with.
0: Yeah, and... I think that's really important and I like tying it back to the whole thing of kind of misinformation again is that you, there's a lot of responsibility in terms of like the headlines that you use and um, like how, uh, how kind of sensationalist a lot of headlines can be or quite divisive
1: because,
0: and because yeah, like you said, I think there is a fine line because there's a, there's an extent to what extent do we want to be very palatable to these other people and kind of like oh no it's okay like um, you guys are doing a great job don't worry about it like the planet like we say 50 years for the like but we've it's, like it's maybe 75 give or take it's not that bad or like you know that like that that kind of racist comment you make I mean we've all been there kind of thing like I think there's there's a fine line between going like uh, being really tough. Yeah, and and being kind of too soft when someone goes, oh, okay, so it's not really that big of a deal. I'm just going to keep uh, doing what I was doing because you just yeah. said it's not that big of a deal. Like you need that level of urgency and yeah. seriousness, but you also need to be able to kind of package it in a way that, um, yeah, you need to be able to balance it too. Sometimes you are like you you it, like kind of go to the extremes of some sides, but then like you kind of have to keep refining that mm-hmm. in a way. And I think what social media doesn't allow is for those kind of nuanced conversations, because like you said, it's team A versus team B. Social media kind of splits you down the middle, especially Twitter. It's just like, here's like a completely um mundane um uh, trivial concept pineapples on pizza and then it's just like (laughs) fucking war and it's just you go into the comments and then like give or take like probably scroll down within about like within the first 10 comments then you've suddenly got something about like race or like like uh, religion or like it just kind of goes to shit so quickly and you're just like but then for them like the social media like platforms i think because there's this whole kind of argument that they, all they do is provide a platform for people to share things. So they do not hold any responsibility for what happened or the conversations that happen. Yeah. It's, uh, which is, I think in a way, why they've got away with like a lot of like lack of regulation in terms of this thing, because if, if it was like the common section of, um, I don't know, like the guardian or the sun, whatever, then, then there's an element of responsibility in terms of like, this is on your page. You guys need to do it. Like do something about it. But social media is like, yeah, don't care. But, but the thing the thing about this this model is that i think like we said it like the creating the the divide um, creates drama and it like, and obviously people like just get um, attracted to that and it makes, yeah, people kind of get angry, like for the most trivial things. Um, and then they go into the websites and start looking at stuff. And like, all of this really does is drive traffic to these websites and these websites they, they drive the traffic there. And then they get like the advertising money basically off the back of that. So the model is incentivized to divide people in order for them to get paid for the advertising. And you're like, you're fucking up society.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. it's so easy because the thing is they've got this algorithm in place. And so the algorithm is is constantly polarizing you. I mean, constantly. Like, you're, you're always being shown what you want to see based on your interests. So if, you know, a lot of people will, will say things like, I mean, I know a lot of people from my Instagram who you can tell are so polarized. Um, you know, we're talking like far left, but to the point where it's actually just not even healthy. You know, it's not... um you're not, they're not being proactive. They're just, they're just, you know, radicals. <laughs> I don't know
0: how. <laughs> yeah. Reactive <laughs> uh, though. Yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, the the, the algorithm is constantly showing, I mean, my algorithm is showing me the same thing, probably yours as well. Although you did tell me yeah. that you tried to have it to make it sort of balance, which is something that we should all probably be doing. Um,
0: you should, but then I think in a way, sorry, sorry, it's coughed. Um, it's yeah. In a way, like you just now get the same thing from both sides. So you're just like oh my left side is really polarizing. Let me like see what these people on the right are saying and then it's just like oh this right side is really polarizing and then you've like double all of it. It doesn't cancel it out it just like layers on. But um, anyway sorry what you're saying. It's
1: all right no you um you don't get the middle ground. You just get both yeah. sides. And-
0: yeah exactly and you're like and you're like ah oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> it's like 10 times more work for you. Um <laughs> but um what was I saying? Yeah. Um so it's it's kind of like when people say thing when people go like i said sort of all guns blazing um try to attack the other side a perfect example is like you know left versus right um a lot of the time we might not understand how how can say someone like a trump supporter um who personally i don't perceive trump supporters as i feel like that's just its whole group on its own like republicans and trump supporters there's some overlap but personally yeah. i think trump supporters is just this one like i mean Again, subjective opinion, but it's um, it's a cult, <laughs>
0: <laughs> basically.
1: Basically, um, but yeah, sorry, I was saying um, it's it, what we might not realise is that because our algorithm is constantly feeding us the things that we want to see, the yep. same way it is feeding the other side. So people who had hatred in their sort of hearts, <laughs> um, really <laughs> negative opinions about. Um, towards black people, towards gay people, towards trans people, to whatever, women, I don't know. They're going to be constantly shown an algorithm that feeds that, and so they become more and more polarised. And so whilst we, Mm -hmm. that here, becoming maybe more and more sort of um, uh, accepting of certain groups of people, um, at the same time, on our algorithm, we're also being... um, told in in some way to show more hostility to the other side but Mm -hmm. what we need to understand is that firstly we're all a product of our environment that's that's one thing but also our environment now isn't just where we live it is our phone it is what is on our phone so um yeah, it's, it's kind of like what you said. It's just uh, the media doesn't want to take, not media, but like Instagram or Twitter, they don't want to take responsibility for it. But at the same time, because, because we're the ones who are writing the comments and stuff, but yeah. the comments that we write are deliberately um, influenced by um, what we're being shown all the time through the algorithm. And so, in a way, it is up to us to have those critical thinking skills to be able to to understand that we are constantly being shown one side and it is our responsibility to look for the other side, but it is also the responsibility of companies like Twitter, Instagram and Facebook to do something about it.
0: Yeah, I think that... It gets into very murky waters in terms of going, Our oh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram need to do this because as soon as like in terms of legal, how, how do you legally do that then without yeah. impacting kind of obviously free speech and so on? <laughs> so it's, I mean, which like, yeah, absolutely like very valid points because I mean, once you start censoring censoring certain things to an extent, then yeah. it's a slippery slope in terms of like who, decide, who decides whether or not this is um, like what we censor. And yeah. it kind of um, trickles into like, kind of cancel culture and call out culture and all that kind of stuff is that as well which I know you've got a lot of opinions on which is why I kind of set this up I was like oh let me just like (laughs) add a tiny bit of oil to this fire but um so but I think um just before I get onto that I think it's quite yeah we saw a lot during uh or at least in the last maybe six to nine months Instagram and Twitter have definitely done a lot in terms of I say a lot, they've, they've taken some steps in terms of, uh, addressing kind of misinformation. So for instance, a lot of like Donald Trump's tweets about like the election when and how they won the election. And it was just like objectively not true. And they've like proved, um, otherwise I like proved that it like, uh, it's all, um, what he's saying is incorrect. So they put the little uh, notice thing going, well, this is refuted or the, this, this claim is not, um, like confirmed. Right. Um, and, on Instagram, I know when there's a lot of, there are quite a few posts and they like say, to find out more information about coronavirus, go here. So they're kind of prompting people. They're not like telling people, which is like, I think in a way, a way around, because you're like more social nudging as opposed to um, telling people what to do, because then that's really tricky. So I, I appreciate that. It's a very complicated situation. And, but yeah, and I think to an extent, I mean, for instance, when we say they need to take more responsibility, how Twitter obviously removed Donald Trump's account. But I think also he was the president of the United States. He is arguably the most powerful person in the world. I think that was probably um, uh, way too late in a way, in my opinion, but kind of something that had to be done. Cause like, I wouldn't say Twitter's a more peaceful place right now. Cause I think everyone is. Twitter's never, it's just apoplectic. Like it's just, um, it's just never good. Like we will never know peace as long as that we have yeah. Twitter. So, which, which is kind of interesting. Cause like what you were saying in terms of being a product of our environment, is like, we talk about all of this, but we feed all of this as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, I mean, th- in a way, I think there's two, two angles from it. Cause like, firstly, something, something will happen. Right. And I think there are kind of two ways that it kind of tends to go. So there's one side where it's like, it's just like, um, people arguing against each other. So, but then there's the other side where there's like a lot of all the memes that come out of it. So
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's tricky. It's like you, you can't have one without the other. So like, it's, I mean, for me, I, I took a break of social media last week because like I found, I find this kind of stuff incredibly triggering and it was really like yeah. overwhelming for me. So I just needed to kind of step back and, But I miss the memes, though. Like, I know there's, like, drama, but you get memes as well. That's why it's so difficult to separate, because, like, you're you're feeding it. But it's like, I want the drama because I want the memes from it, but I don't want the arguing from it. So it's like, how do you... You you can't separate the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, I think that wraps up that point in terms of the... The problem with capitalism, basically. No <laughs>
1: but, yeah.
0: Anyway, this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> yeah. Like we don't make any money. So if you want to like donate to our Patreon, no, I'm joking.
1: <laughs> Only fans.
0: <laughs> exactly, right? I was like, I need money, guys. Please help me. <laughs> London's expensive. Um, but yeah, no, I think that really kind of yeah, summarizes the bit the first bit in terms of um yeah, the misinformation in headlines and so on and that their intention to to create a shock value just for people to uh click on their website so they can get advertising revenue and then we get increasingly polarized so do you want to just break there yeah and then we can um talk about your favorite topic <laughs>